Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have the lovely Miss Jennifer Thompson. In this episode, if you've ever wanted to use reviews, if you've ever looked at a review, if you ever wondered how do I get more of them, how do I build this into my business process to optimize and improve it, this episode is for you. We break all those things down and look at how could you implement that in your business? How could you bring more people to give you positive reviews, positive feedback, so that your business can grow organically from positive feedback out there? And of course, sometimes you get not so positive feedback and we cover how do you deal with that as well. So this is the episode if you wanna know any of those parts. And of course, if you ever wanna grow your business online using marketing and all that fun advertising stuff, you know where we are, head over to www.mogulcall.com where we'll help you out to become a mogul of your industry. But until then, let's jump into the show. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I appreciate it and look forward to this. Yeah, no, it's good. And uh, you're, you made the time at, when, at the time of recording this, you're up super early. So I really appreciate it when the guys from the US can make it because it's either normally a late one or an early one. So it's always really appreciated. Now, I want to start off with one question, which I always like to start at the start of every podcast, which is if I come up to you at a party and I say, hey, Jennifer, what is it that you do? What's your go-to answer? I help independent physicians we untangle their marketing mess so that they can focus on running their medical practice. Mm, I love that. You've done that once or twice before, I can tell. I have, yeah. Uh, I had to think about it because it's <laughs> early here still. I'm having a cup of coffee, but yeah, that's pretty much it. We, we handle their marketing so they can run their practice. Yeah, beautiful. Amazing. So, And when you say handle their marketing for them, because so we do similar for a lot of people, but we're not as niche down as, as specific as you for, for physicians. So we help people really just purely with Facebook and Instagram paid ads, pretty much in Australia, some people in the US as well. But tell me a little bit, when, when a physician's coming to you, because I think a lot of times people can get confused when they hear that like, they get their marketing done for them. What do you do for the physicians? Like, what's the kind of like the scope of work? So just so that people get an understanding of things that they might go, oh, if someone says to me they're going to do my marketing, what does that actually mean? It's pretty much anything and everything having to do with their digital footprint. That's probably mm-hmm. 90% of it. Physicians are very heavily focused on their reputation online because you know, reviews are really driving the conversation from the idea that I get referred to a physician or I'm looking for a new doctor. The very first thing people do is check their online reviews. And then based on what they're seeing, they're choosing a doctor. And in large part, because doctors, at least in the U.S., are really governed by HIPAA compliance. And so doctors are really limited in their scope of what they can, they, what they can respond to online and what they can't. And so we, for the for most part, we manage everything related to the digital footprint. And that means, you know, and that's probably 90% of what we do. And then we do about 10% of really strategy work, deep diving in practices for growth. But that's everything from the website to social media, to ads, to responding to reviews, to managing Google My Business pages, things of that nature. So anything and everything from a modern marketing stance that doctors are having to deal with, we take it off their plate so they don't have to worry about it. 
Yeah, awesome. I love that. Now, tell me a bit more about the reviews because I know that like one of the things that you said and you're like, yeah, I'd love to love to talk a bit more about is you know how you can leverage reviews for growth and growing of a business because I think it's an area that and look, I put my hand up and say I'm pretty terrible at getting reviews, asking for reviews every now and again. You'll probably see it's like once a year. If you look at, look at me on Google, I'm like we should get some Google reviews. And I ask, and then it's like nothing for like a year. Then it's like another spurt. How important is it for really any business, obviously for physicians as well, but like if any business that's out there getting reviews and then like, how do they actually play into the mindset of someone who's looking to kind of purchase from you? Yeah, so there, there's plenty of data out there that suggests that reviews are the number way, one way that people are choosing one business over another. There's actually a study that was done recently by a company called Womply. And Womply is a credit card processing organization. And then they study the credit card transactions of all of their customers. And so I have deep dived into the transactions related to medical practices specifically. And there is a direct correlation in the amount of revenue coming into practices and collected at practices directly correlating to the star ratings of the practice itself. And so when we look at that for for physicians in particular, they're not just managing Google listings and Yelp listings and yellow pages and things like that. They're also dealing with health grades and vitals and rate my doctor and rate MDs. And many times these reviews, these, these profiles are being created for physicians, whether they want them or not. And they're tying to their, their NPI number, which is the number associated with their medical license. And that's at a national level in the United States. And so the NPI database gets updated twice a year. And then these, these review sites are pulling from that data. And what happens a lot of times is Google, and Yelp and some of the, the bigger ones like health grades and vitals and those guys, they're kind of the top level of what's happening. But if that information isn't correct for the physicians, then all of the smaller sites, they're pulling the data from those larger websites. And mm-hmm. so if it's wrong at the top, it's trickling down and it can be 70 to 100 different review and rating sites that are having the wrong information showing up for physicians. And that wrong information is how people are choosing, should I go to this practice or should I go to that practice? And so we really try to understand first diving in and claiming all those profiles, making sure it's the correct headshots, making sure that the database is pulling the the right information. And that's kind of like step one is you get in and you clean it up. Then we focus on soliciting reviews from patients and really diving into let's get as many reviews as we can. And and we have some partnerships with some technology companies. Specifically, we work with doctor.com. Doctor.com is a a review and rating site. And so we tie all of that in. We work with our physicians to send out messages to patients through a HIPAA compliant messaging system so that we can solicit those reviews. And then can we kind of like deep dive on it, which is like a new aspect of our business in the last couple of years. We deep dive in and try to evaluate what the reviews are telling us about the practice. And when we understand what they're telling us, because when you dive into it and you're looking at, you know, a couple hundred reviews over the course of a few months, you see that, you know, sure, the practice has a three and a half star rating, but 
three quarters of those negative reviews are coming because of something that's happening when the patient is walking into the front door and we have a, an issue from a customer service standpoint at the front desk. So then the separate side of our business is we train, provide training really focused around patient experience and customer service. We provide that training to that front desk staff or to that back office staff or to the people answering the phone so that we can get to the root of the problem related to the reviews. So the reviews are really the front door for getting into, for attracting and kind of retaining your patients, like the new customers out there. But the reviews are telling us a much bigger story that if we spend time analyzing it, it really lets us like dive into what's happening inside the practice. And when you can focus on your employees, you can get to the root. If you can focus on customer service, you can fix all your marketing issues. You can spend a lot less money over here if you're fixing the problem over here. And so that's kind of what we focus on now. Yeah, I love that. And so when it comes down to like, and I know there's, and anyone listening to this, please check your own industry codes and whatnot for when it comes to soliciting testimonials or to reviews and whatnot. But like, if we were just to use one, I know you use many, but let's just say, for example, most people, the easiest one to remember is going to be like Google, right? If you're going to get go for, for Google reviews, what's been like, how do you solicit reviews? Because I think sometimes people go like, do I just go and ask me like, hey, leave me a review. Hey, leave me a five star review. Hey, leave me a positive review. How do you frame it? And how do you actually get people to to take action upon it without being like, you know, I'll give you 20 bucks if off your next order or next time you come in, I'll reduce your fee a little bit if you leave me. And obviously that could probably be non-compliant for some people. How do you, how do you navigate those waters? Yeah. So for us, there's kind of two ways to go about it. One is, and it's kind of the old school thought is in all the practices, we have signage put up we do like a feedback page on the website. So that's kind of the first thing that we'll do is we'll create like just a general feedback page on the website to allow people to kind of get anything negative off their chest. And so once they leave a review on the website, we'll prompt them and say, okay, now that you've kind of gotten this off your chest, go to this site, this site, or this site and leave us a positive review. So physicians, they're not good salespeople for the most part. So, we'll put signs up. So it's kind of a passive ask. We also will give them like little cards that they can keep in their lab coat. And then if they feel as if they've got a good patient and they, they feel like it's a, they're comfortable in it, they'll hand the card out to the patient and say, if you don't mind, I'd love to get your feedback. And, and it'll say where, so we'll do a series of those cards. So if they need positive reviews on Google, they'll hand them a Google. If they need them on health grades, we'll give them those cards and that. So we, we manage that process with the physician, but they're kind of, that's like the old school passive way to go about it. And we do the feedback page on the website because nine times out of 10, when somebody's leaving a negative review, they just want to get it off their chest. Mm-hmm. And so if you can provide them the method for leaving, you know, providing that feedback and it comes directly to the practice and doesn't get published online, then they'll go out there. The practice will pick up the phone and, and deal with it right then and resolve the issue. You know, it's customer service one-on-one. And then more like the proactive approach, which is where we go with most, most of the practices we work with now, is we use the doctor.com platform and we have a partnership with doctor.com and they're the only ones out there that have an exclusive relationship with Google so that we can manage those Google My Business listings for thousands of doctors all at once under one dashboard versus all those individual dashboards. But what we do is we have a, a way that 
we tie it to their EHRs and we get their patient list on a daily basis that gets automatically sent FTP into a secure file transfer system. And then the platform pulls out those patient lists and sends the patients from that day a text message asking them for reviews. And it automatically sends them the message where the physician needs the review. And so cool. we've, seen, we've seen tremendous growth in the number of reviews. And the more reviews somebody has, the higher they rank in search. And so it becomes a great cycle. So we find that once we get that integrated into the practice, that our job is very hands-off. At that point, we're just kind of managing dashboards for them, but you can see the numbers trickling upward in the number of reviews that they're getting. And if they've got negative reviews, that's where we start turning to, well, you need to start focusing on what's happening in your practice, because we can only fix so much on the, on the outside, you've got to focus on the inside. And so that's where the training stuff comes in at this point. That's awesome. I love that. And so is, is it, Fran, you mentioned there, I think at one point, the, like the leave a positive review. Do you, with the ones that are more automated on the big scale where you're pulling the data in, is it framed as a positive review or is it just a review or is there any kind of key, like are you using any kind of like marketing, like positioning in the words that you're using to them there? No, we're not. So we just ask for them to share their experience and leave us some feedback. And part of that is because, especially with Google, they change the requirements so often that a couple of years ago, you could ask for only positive reviews and you could do what was referred to as gating. So a couple of years ago, you would send them a message. And if you got a one, two or three star review, it would send them to like a filtered system where you could you can internally capture those reviews. And then four and five stars would send it to Google. Google changed their policy a couple of years ago, and now you have to send them all the good and all the bad. So at this point, which it really is the right way to go about it. At this point, yeah. let them leave negative reviews because your job as a business owner is to focus on the root of whatever those negatives are and not to worry whether they're positive or negative. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I love that. I think that's it. Because as you said, you need to, you do need to have a, it's like a built-in feedback loop, right? So you can get the information back and say, well, it would be great just to have a hundred five-star reviews, but if 20 of them actually would have given you feedback to improve your business, you probably get better getting those three-star reviews that actually give you the, the information to be able to optimize and improve what you're doing. So I get that. That's awesome. And now, this, applies, this applies like across yeah. industries too. You know, my family, yeah, 100%. family owns a restaurant and they use those reviews as absolutely as real-time feedback. And and mm. I don't think with the exception of HIPAA compliance and just kind of the, the odd nature that happens within a medical practice, I mean, take out the HIPAA compliance and you could use it across any industry out there. And, you know, there's, there's value in, sure, there's value in, you know, having 500 five-star reviews, but there's something also about that when somebody's looking at that that you know the average customer i'm not going to believe that you have all those five star reviews it's going to it's going to put doubt in my mind so i want you to have mm. some negatives out there yeah exactly and it also gives and especially with google i'm not I, that's the main one that i use compared to any others but you do have the option to go back and forth so i always like to see what the business owners then if they respond you know and then you go well they have a two star review but the business owner came back and said you know sorry that that was your experience let me help improve it for you next time they address it and there's always like that little bit of opportunity there for the business owner to 
not only, I think, re-engage the person who maybe had negative feedback, but then also for me, when I look at that as a consumer, if I'm going to choose where I'm going to go to, and I see that, I'm like, oh, well, they actually care about their customers. They read the reviews. They take it to heart. Like, they have a little bit of extra care about who they work with. So I think that's always good as well. I really appreciate when I see see that. The worst is, like, you see there's 10 five stars and three two stars, and they don't respond to the two stars. It's like, I had a terrible experience with this, and they're like, oh, well, did they fix that? Is that or is it still a problem? So I 100% get what you're saying, and it's for every industry. So everyone, as you say, if they whether you look them up on Google or maybe they have reviews on their Facebook page, whatever it might be, it do, it does have an impact. So it's always good, always good to see. Now, the one thing I was really curious about because when I got some information about getting you on the podcast, and you mentioned, I think it was the death of social media. I think was one of the one of the topic points, and I know I was probably just a bit of pro, uh, provocation, but I'm very interested to hear your viewpoint on on this because I saw it, I was like, I've got to ask a question about this for sure. Like, come on, what's don't fill me in? So this is something we've been thinking about at our team, and we're like a team of ten people, so we're a small group, so we have a lot of these like big conversations about what we think the trends are, and you probably see this working in social media for your clients. So the last couple of years. You know, there's just no organic reach left. You know, there's no opportunity to, unless you're putting money behind something, you know, that's completely saturated, completely saturated. So, you know, medical practices specifically, because that's my area, they're always like, well, yeah, I'm on social media. And we're like, all right, doc, well, what do you mean by you're on social media? Well, I've got somebody handling this for me. Well, that's great. But you can only create, we call them evergreen posts. So you can only create so many evergreen posts about, you know, because the formula is write a blog, put a piece of content on your website, create a couple social media posts to go with it, throw it into your scheduling software and hit play. And three days a week, you're going to have two posts drop. And maybe once in a while, you're going to like focus on a holiday or something else. And, and you, you might come up with something clever, but that's pretty much it. Like turn it on and put it on autopilot and that's happening. Well, Three years ago, that might have worked, but now it doesn't work. So now there's this difference in being on social media and being in social media. And that's where I think social has really just, it's died. If you think you're going to put something on autopilot and like press play and walk away, it's not going to work. You might as well not be on it. And so now social media is all about like getting all the way in it, using you know staff promotions, things going on in your business creating that real opportunity to engage, probably putting some dollars even behind your engagement efforts and really like giving people like pulling the curtain behind, you know, aside for your business so that people can see behind the curtain. And if you're not willing to do that, then social media is totally dead for you and just move on. And so that's kind of where we've been thinking. And, and that's kind of like, because so, so one side of our business is really focused on marketing and handling things for physicians. But the other side is, is truly focused on employee engagement and training and using that engagement to drive the marketing efforts. And so when I say social media is dead, it is dead if you're going to hit autoplay, but it's not dead if you're going to use it as that employee engagement platform and use it to kind of highlight what's happening at the business. And so we put these programs together where, you know, we'll, we'll have a contest or use a training and the training will have like a marketing promotion around it so that like employees can get swag and we, we build in like opportunities for employees to get engaged on social media and tie it back in to the marketing efforts. And so it becomes full circle. So I think if you're willing to get in social media, it's a lot. But if you're just on it, forget it. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. There's so many people where they'll say that and then they'll say that it doesn't work. And it's like, well, yes, if you do it like that, it doesn't work. It's like, that's 100% true. Like, you can't argue with that. But it's like, but does it work for others if you do the right strategies? Like, absolutely. You know, our whole business is built off of it to start off with. That's what we do for people. So it's like, of course, it does work, but you have to know how to work it. Otherwise, like anything. So you can have the keys to a Ferrari, but if you don't know how to start the ignition or how to turn it into drive, it's not going to go anywhere. So I'm 100% on board with that. And I like it. It's a nice provocative uh, little piece there. So I love that. And I want to ask you uh, one more question, which I always like to ask. And I always like to leave plenty of time for it because sometimes it's easy to answer for you. Sometimes it's not. But what's one question that I haven't asked you so far that I should have? So I get asked all the time because, you know, doctors are really cheap. And I don't know about your clients, but sometimes my clients just don't want to spend money. And I totally get that. So I will get physicians that will say, look, I don't have a lot of money. So if I could only focus on one thing, what would my one thing be? Jen, if I only had X amount of dollars, what would be the one thing that you'd want me to focus on to build my practice? And I would tell them hands down, whether you hire somebody or don't hire somebody, focus on your reputation online. Focus on those Google My Businesses, those health grades, those vitals, those websites like that and get as many reviews as you can, positive and negative, and then look at that data, break it down, and then get to the root of the problem if you have those one, two, and three star reviews. Because if you can do that with everything else aside, it will help you organically rise through, through the rankings on Google, and which is how we know people are looking for their healthcare providers. You know, the third most searched term on Google relates to healthcare and finding a doctor. So if you can focus on those things, like that is the number one thing. And you don't have to spend money to do that, but you have to focus. And so, you know, if, if you're asking me one question, the question is, I only have so much money. What should I do? Focus on your online reviews. Awesome. And have you seen people like to give people insight on the tangibility of that? People that do that versus don't, is there any kind of statistics or number being like this person has, you know, like, as you said, with the credit card transaction, like if someone was to do that, the people that do have those reviews to circle back to the very beginning and like wrap a nice little bow on this for the guys, what's the percentage? Like if you just focused on that, how much more would people, I know it's only the, the one profession that you focus on, but if you would extrapolate it across everyone, broad, broad stroke, what, how much more could they be expecting to generate if they just did that? and only focused on that versus their competitors not doing it? It's something like those practices that have four and five star reviews, like, and even if they have like, the the ones with more four and five star reviews see a bump in revenue of upward of 20%. Yeah. So just that alone, and I just wanted to bring that back again, guys, is like at the end to kind of tie a little bow on that. If you wanted to get a bump in revenue of 20%, especially now, like we're in recording this in the midst of all the global craziness that's going on, just focusing on getting positive reviews if you can, obviously reviews for feedback and your online presence and your online reputation, that could potentially drive upwards of 20% increase in, in sales for you. So. You know, if, if you were ever going to do it and spend time doing it, I suppose now where people have more time on their hands than ever, it, it would be the time to double down and focus on that for sure. Well, yeah, and I hear it all the time. I hear, well, what's the one thing I should do? Well, you should focus on your reviews. Well, okay, but you know, I still need to do marketing. Well, then use the reviews in the marketing. 
You know, use the five-star reviews. Use exactly the phrase that people are publishing. Don't change a thing other than maybe some grammatical stuff. And then use that to create those evergreen socials and those, you know, put it on your website and use it in your marketing because just keep telling those stories of your customers. And then, you know, it's self-perpetuating and it's what will drive more people in the door. I love that. Absolutely amazing. So guys, you heard it here. That's what you need to be doing right now. Go out and do that. And if you like this episode, if you know anyone that's not only just a physician, but anyone that needs to focus on on their online reputation, make sure you share this episode with them. And of course, make sure you subscribe so you get to hear other amazing episodes like this one with Jennifer as well. Jennifer, where's the best place for people to connect with you to find out more about what it is that you do and uh, to get into your world? Where's the best place for people to go? I would say two ways. You can always find us on at insightmg.com. And I would say check us out at the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast available on iTunes and all of your favorite podcast streaming services. Beautiful. Amazing, guys. So we'll put all those links in the show notes. So if you're watching this on Facebook or anywhere else, head over, click across and make sure you check out the show notes there as well. Again, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. I know that I'm going to go and uh, start looking at my reviews now again. Appreciate you taking the time to spend it with us today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, Kim. Thank you. Cheers.